this on yet? Yep. Sounds good. Okay. Hey, guys. Uh, thank you for, uh, for that rousing round of applause. I feel very welcomed. Uh, um, I, it's just in my nature to do announcements. It's just... <laughs> I can't help myself. Uh, t- uh, tomorrow we're going to be interviewing our uh, community group leaders. If you're not going to be there to, to catch uh, that information, just, just go to our website and click where it says uh, connect, vineyardcampbellsville.org, because uh, all of our community groups uh, with, uh, after this week will have been uh, launched and up and running. And it's a, it's a good way to connect. It's a great way to connect, actually. And so we encourage you to try and uh, find one that, that fits into your schedule and that, that'll work for you. And then the SOTSO uh, training uh, conference is next weekend. Once, once again, the, uh, the details are on the website. So that wasn't bad, was it? I got through that pretty quick. Uh, well, tonight we're, uh, we're concluding a series on you know, loving the, the scriptures. And we've, we've heard some really good things, uh, in my opinion, uh, See, Adam, you know, of course, has, has brought a few messages. P. Ray, uh, Justin, Andrea, and uh, Cliff, they've all brought some really good words. And uh, actually, before we go further, uh, we're going to spend most of our time tonight in Psalm 119. Uh, I may reference a, a couple others, but um, you may just want to hold the spot there because we'll, we'll, we'll be uh, hitting some different verses in there throughout the night. So that would probably be the, the best place to hover. Uh, in your Bibles, but the first thing I really wanted to do is just to try, since this is the last night, I kind of wanted to tie everything in together a little bit, and so there's three things that I want to hit tonight, and the first thing I, I want to do really is just kind of review uh, what we've heard, and what we've heard so far is a, just a lot of good reasons why we should come to the Scripture, a lot of good reasons. Um, let me just run, run uh, through a few of these. Justin? Uh, talked a little bit about just how foundational the word is. It's like it's like milk, you know. It's, uh, how more foundational can you uh, can you get than you know than, than milk, right? Uh, and so he he talked about that just uh, a little bit and how critical you know life in the scriptures is. Are is are whatever. Um, P. Ray mentioned uh, man. He he had such a good word. He talked uh, some about how Jesus really modeled what a life in the Word looked like. And obviously, you know, if that's, you know, the life that Jesus lived, if He lived a lifestyle of, of, of demonstrating the importance of, uh, of living in the Word, then obviously we should follow suit, right? And that Jesus' life in the Scripture is largely what enabled Him to become the person that He was. Uh, scripture was that formative in his life, and uh, we see that throughout uh, his life. And one of the ways we see that really come out, uh, which is something that Adam mentioned, is how Scripture is a weapon at our disposal. Uh, when Jesus was tempted for forty days and, and forty nights, every time you know uh, Satan came after him, he responded with Scripture. And so that's just you know that that, that just really epitomizes. Um, you know, Jesus' life in the Scripture, so that with every temptation, uh, you know, that he encountered, he had a Scripture for it. 
And you know, I don't think for a moment that you know Luke, uh, you know, just looked through uh, all the temptations of Jesus and only picked the three. Oh, these three Jesus used scripture. I'm going to use these three. I think what that shows us is that anytime Jesus was tempted, he had scripture to to combat uh, to you know to use in combat. And so, yet another reason why we should come to the scripture. Jesus modeled it. Scripture was a weapon, and that's something that Jesus showed us. Another thing that Ray mentioned. Uh, that Scripture is predominantly where faith comes from, uh, that a life in the Scripture really generates faith, okay? And so if you find yourself uh, struggling with faith, go to the Scriptures. A life in Scripture really generates and helps build uh, faith. Now, I'm just, you know, I'm going to fly through these things because I just want to kind of bring them back to your attention. And really... Uh, if, you, if you've missed any of these, ultimately I just encourage you to go hit the audio archives and listen to these. Even if you did hear them, uh, these are, are worth a second, maybe even third uh, time around because these guys have done a really uh, good job uh, with these words. Something else Adam mentioned was that uh, the Scripture is a sure and steady anchor and a, tempe- a tem- oh, tempestuous, sorry, got tongue-tied, tempestuous world. Scripture is an anchor in a world, you know, that's blowing back and forth, and Scripture often serves as an anchor to keep us grounded and keep us in place uh, amidst all of life's craziness. Uh, Adam also mentioned that, you know, the Scripture is really a partner to the Spirit. They're partners with each other, and that, you know, we, we live, you know, here, right here in this house, in this community, in our little community here, um, we really value the, the Holy Spirit. And I, and I think we've had a lot of good teaching on the Holy Spirit. Uh, but it's important that we not uh, neglect one for the other because they're partners. You know, how do you divorce the two? You can't, or at least you shouldn't, right? And so the Holy Spirit and the, and the Word, the Scriptures, are partners to each other. And uh, I liked uh, the imagery you, you gave about going to the zoo and seeing the, uh, what was it, the, the majestic-looking eagle and then it turns around and he's got like a broken or, you know, missing a wing or something like that. And that's kind of uh, what he was going after is, you know, that's, that's what it's like if we only focus on one or the other. And they really partner together, the Word and the, and the Spirit. Uh, the Word illuminates things in our lives. Um, it, it reveals the players in our lives. You know, when we're being tempted, you know, maybe it's the enemy, maybe it's just a condition in our own heart, but that's one of the things that the Scripture serves is that it sheds lights, sheds light on, on situations in our life. Uh, Cliff and Andrea uh, both uh, mentioned how Scripture really reveals our true identity. You know, we get you know, false things from everywhere, really, uh, but yet in the Scripture we can find a means of really discovering actually who we really, truly are. And, uh, and then Andrea also showed, showed us in Scripture uh, through all the, you know, the stories and all the things that we see, um, we actually see possibilities for our life. We don't just see, you know, I, I think the way she put it was we, we don't just see how cool Christians used to be. We actually see things that are attainable. You know, we see things that are, are real possibilities for us. And these are just some. I just picked, you know, some of my personal favorites. There's a, a lot of things we've heard over the last few weeks. Uh, reasons why we should come to the Scripture, okay? So, you know, after we've had, you know, four, four weeks um, of hearing a lot of these things, you know, why we should come to the Scripture, 
I guess the next question is, then why don't we come to the Scripture? What are the things that keep us from living a life in the Word? And so I can't really speak for you, but I'm going to share uh, the, the four things, the four main things uh, in my life that repeatedly keep me from diving into the Word. Uh, I suspect that you know, you'll probably be able to relate to at least some of these, but these, you know, th- this is the story of my life. You know, the, the times where I'm not in the Word, these are the things that are predominantly keeping me from, from getting into it. The first one is time. Can anyone relate to that? Uh, yeah, obviously in our culture, uh, time comes at a, at a premium. We are all super, super busy. Uh, you know, I'm married and I have two, two kids. I have, um, at, at any point during the year, I have at least two jobs. And then at other points of the year, you know, I may also be teaching some classes this past fall. Uh, I was teaching classes in two different departments in addition to my other two jobs. So I had four bosses uh, in the fall. So I felt like I had four jobs in the fall. Busy, you know. And I think we're all pretty busy. So what do we do about that? You know, there's only so many hours, so many minutes in the day. And so, you know, for me, I just have to evaluate. You know, I have to be creative and I have to think, you know, do I really need that much time on Facebook every day? And I'm certainly not about to, to swing the, the guilt hammer here or anything. Uh, that's, that's not what I'm interested in doing. But, you know, uh, I, I think if we're honest with ourselves, you know, we could probably find, you know, some minutes. I, I don't know... You've probably heard you know, or seen different reports about you know the the U.S. maybe you know lagging behind uh, some other some other countries, losing a little bit of our of our uh, position in the world. And I actually think that that can be traced to three things. And I've already mentioned one of them: Facebook, fantasy football, and YouTube. I mean, the truth is, and uh, you know, who are we kidding? Uh, if you have a job in which it in any way you know, gives you access to the Internet, you're not working. Um, I'm exaggerating, and I hope my bosses aren't listening to this. You know, I, I, I know, I'm kidding, I'm exaggerating, but uh, the reality is, is that if we, we really do a little bit of, of examination in our life, I know, we're, I know we're genuinely busy, okay? I know that we are. But if we're honest with ourselves, we really can look and see, you know, things in our lives, you know, where maybe, you know, we can do a little bit of evaluating. I kind of look at it uh, like, you know, if life is like a steak, okay, you know, and the leisure activities in our lives are kind of like the the fat on a steak. I don't want a steak that's totally devoid of fat, you know, a little bit of fat on a steak, you know, adds a little adds a little flavor, right? But in my life, can I maybe trim a little bit here and there? Well, sure, you know. So it's just a matter of being creative and being honest. Um, you know, I'm, again, not swinging the guilt hammer. I'm all for some leisure time. I'm all for times where you just shut your brain off. You watch a movie or you do whatever. But 
um, if we're talking about something that's, is, that's a necessity in our walk with the Lord, which is being in the Word, then, yeah, we need to do some evaluation. You know, be creative. Is it too crass to say, you know, put a Bible in the bathroom? Is that crass? I don't know. For me, that's like two hours a day, you know? <laughs> that probably was too crass. Sadly, kind of true. Ray's, um, the, other, the other day, Ray, uh, when Ray spoke, uh, I loved his story. He was talking about, you know, at, uh, uh, you know when he was in, in school, uh, the dorm that he lived in had like 100, you know, stories or whatever, and uh, two elevators or something ridiculous. So that was his time. He'd make little cards, and he would memorize Scripture. And in, you know, three and a half years of waiting for elevators, he actually memorized the whole Bible, I think is what he said. It was something <laughs> close to that. All of it. All of it. He's got it down. Just ask him. That's just an, just, just an example of, of being creative, looking at your life and being honest and saying, you know, where can I really carve out time for something that's actually really, really important? So why don't we come to the Scripture? Well, I think the first thing probably most of us, what, I'm speculating, but I think this, that most of us would probably say is, man, I don't have time. Well, let's look. Uh, and one thing that's okay, and I, I mentioned uh, Psalm 119, uh, verse 36 and 37. Uh, the psalmist says, Turn my heart towards your statutes and not toward selfish gain. Turn my eyes away from worthless things. Preserve my life according to your word that I might not sin against you. What I think I, I see here is that ask for help. Ask the Lord to shine light on your life and say, you know, Lord, how can I readjust my life? You know, what are some things that are just a little superfluous? You know, where can I build Scripture into my life? And it's okay to ask for help. It's a good thing. On down in verse 97, it says, Oh, how I love your law. I meditate on it all day long. You know, even this is just a little practical tip. Find something in the morning and then just meditate on it throughout the day. You know, even amid, in the midst of your busyness, you can still find ways even to build Scripture into your life. So time is an obstacle, but it's one that I believe that we can, we can overcome. Another thing that keeps me out of the Word sometimes is that the Word, that the Scripture, the Bible, is intimidating. To me, I think sometimes the Bible is intimidating. I uh, did a little research, and Leo, Leo Tol- uh, Tolstoy's War and Peace, most copies are going to have around 1,400 pages. Okay? My Bible, our Bible, mine's Sarah's, is right here on the stage, not even including the maps and all the other study guides in the back, you know, just gener- Genesis to Revelation, 1,470. So it just edges out War and Peace. Right? You know, who, who who's, you know, thinks to sit down for a little light reading, I'm going to grab War and Peace, right? It's intimidating to me sometimes. Oh, the Bible, you know? The language, the these and the vows, all that stuff. But maybe I think really the biggest issue in terms of it being intimidated is that sometimes when we look at the Scripture, we look at what we think is a book of just unknowable Mysteries. Andrea talked about this a little bit in her message. We, we look at a book and we think, 
I just don't always get it, you know? So let me just speak a little, a little truth uh, to, this, to this idea, you know, that, that it's maybe a little bit out of reach or a little bit out of our, our league, out of our capacity. And the truth is that you don't have to be a scholar to be able to get revelation from the Word. You really don't. Uh, if you want to see uh, the Lord's heart, um, Matthew eleven twenty five. You don't have to turn there. Uh, Matthew eleven twenty five. At that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. It actually pleased him to be able to elevate you know, the, the simple people and to give them you know, the revelation uh, of his word. Meanwhile, it staying hidden from you know from the from at least what the world would consider to be wise. That's actually the heart of the Lord. It really has very little to do with our intellectual capacity. What ultimately matters is our willingness to come to the Word simply, with an open mind, with an open heart, hungry. So, regardless of what we made on our ACT, those things are paramount. And the thing is, you know, even if you are a genius, you still need to come to the Word with an open heart and an open mind and simply and humbly. Otherwise, you're just going to learn some stuff, but you're going to miss the true revelation of the Word. And it actually pleases the Lord to reveal things to the simple in heart and the simple, uh, the, the, the ones that, well, are simple, right? Let me say something else. Um, I think the reality is, is that we're never going to know it all, right? You, you could spend your entire life fully devoted to dissecting, diving into the Word, and when you die, there's still going to be a lot of things that you didn't learn, that you didn't experience, that wasn't revealed to you. Because it's that rich and it's that deep. So that's not meant to be intimidating. That's actually meant to say, hey, you know, pressure's off. Spend your days, spend your life learning what you can learn, taking in what you can take in. You know, it's, it's not a race, right? It's also not a competition, uh, you, most of you, uh, you probably remember that in, in the fall we had uh, Jack Deere here for a conference. And, uh, and a few of us had the pleasure to be able to sit down uh, at lunch with him. And let me tell you, this guy knows the word. <laughs> we were talking about some things, and it was, it was like without even thinking. Verse, reference, everything. Like almost instantaneous, uh, instantaneously. Not, not a, mm, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Not even that. It was like, da 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 The guy knows the Word. You know, and I've been around, you know, I've, I've been following the Lord for a good portion of my life, and I've caught some things. And so there certainly will be, a, you know, situations here or there where, you know, some a basic passage will come to my mind, and, you know, if you give me 30 minutes, I'll get the reference for you. <laughs> you know, thumb through my concordance or... 
you know, get to the internet or most likely call P. Ray or Adam and say, hey, where is this verse? You know? <laughs> it's good for me not to look at guys like Jack Deere or Ray Hollenbach or whoever or John Hurchin <laughs> and say, gosh, I don't know anything compared to these guys. The good news is it's not a competition. It really isn't. So let me just speak over you. You know, the pressure's off. You're not going to learn it all. And, it, and you don't have to compare yourself to the person sitting to your right or to your left. And it certainly is possible to get revelation from the Word. Now let's look at verse uh, 98 and 99 through 100 and, uh, and 100 in uh, Psalm 119. Back to Psalm 119. Your commands are always with me and make me wiser than my enemies. I have more insight than all my teachers, for I meditate on your statutes. I have more understanding than the elders. What does this reveal about the heart of the Lord? I, I, I certainly don't think it's a matter of you know, the Lord subverting authority. We see also in Scripture you know, that the Lord you know, certainly puts you know, authoritative structures in, in place, but I, still, I, I think what this is revealing is that you know, wisdom's available, understanding's available to you, regardless of your status and your position. That's the heart of the Lord. But here's the thing. I don't think this revelation and this understanding is going to come by accident. I think you will hear from time to time testimonies of, you know, in a situation of ministry where the Lord might drop a passage in, into someone's head, you know, a passage they never read before, but in the moment the Lord gives it to them. I think that happens sometimes. But for the most part, I think if you want to understand the Word, and I think if you want revelation, then you need to be hungry. You need to go after it. So I don't think it's going to come by accident, but the, but the thing is, is that it's within reach of you, no matter what you made on the ACT. So, yes, Scripture can be intimidating, but it really doesn't have to be. It's very reachable. Another thing that keeps me out of the Scripture sometimes is that, uh, you know, sometimes I get my Jesus fix in other ways. You know? Worship, good teaching, books, blogs, fellowship, community, and certainly all these things are great and necessary, good, good things. But there's something to be said about learning how to handle the Scripture on our own. In handling the Scripture, you know, in, in thumbing through the pages and taking it in, just me and the Word and the Spirit, us together, there's something about that process where you learn the voice of the Lord. I think it's such a critical part of our life as believers, being able to learn the voice of the Lord and be able to hear it through His Word one-on-one. And I think there's a lot of imagery, you know, in, in the Scripture that, you know, shows us that, you know, that, that part of the heart of the Lord. You know, after, the, you know, Jesus' uh, you know, crucifixion and, you know, the, the veil was torn, right? There's imagery about, you know, Jesus being our, our, our high priest. You know, we don't have to go through a mediator to connect with the Lord. And I think in so many ways what the Lord wants is for us just to connect with Him. And His Word, you know, His Bible, the, the Scripture, the Word, 
is a great way to do that, right? So there's something to be said about just having that one-on-one connection with the Lord. Uh, let's see. Still in, one, in Psalm 119, 33, 34, Teach me, Lord, the ways of your decrees, that I may follow it to the end. Give me understanding, so that I may keep your law and obey it with all my heart. Also in six, verse 66, Teach me knowledge and good judgment, for I trust your command. And so, what, what I'm getting from, you know, from some of these verses here is just this you know, relationship of being in the Word that, that gives us understanding. I think it's kind of uh, cyclical in nature. I think His voice is in the Word, and I think His voice confirms the Word. I think if we really want to catch on to the voice of the Lord, we need to be in His Word, but also... Um, his voice is the thing that also sometimes confirms the word. And this is what I'm getting at, all right? Let me give you an example. Um, if we're in the, wor- in the word ourselves, if we've got you know, a life in the scriptures, then it puts us in a position to evaluate teaching. You know, if we've got a grasp for the word, if we have a relationship, you know, uh, or a, life, uh, a lifestyle in the scriptures, you know, that puts us in a position where, you know, when we're, when we're listening to teaching, we don't have to blindly trust it. Now, there should be an element of trust. And, you know, if you're going to sit down and, you know, listen to somebody, I hope that there's, you know, some level of trust. But if you have a concept of what the Lord's, you know, voice is, you know, then, it, then if something doesn't sound right, that should at least prompt you to, to study, to ask questions, you know? Yeah, to search it out. I'm, you know, I've, let me see, what is this, my fourth time up in the rotation? I've made it a point every time that I've taught to take at least one verse terribly out of context as a test, just to see if anybody would approach me afterwards. And you've all failed miserably. Nobody's approached me once. Not once. I hope I'm kidding. <laughs> no, but... But that's part of having a lifestyle in, in the Scripture to where you have your own relationship with the Word. And if something doesn't make sense, then we should have the kind of relationship that, that our hearts would be sensitive to that. And, well, I need to search that out. And, you know, maybe you'll find that what you heard was dead on. Maybe you'll, you'll find you know, some tension. Who knows? But, but it's good to have our own relationship with the Word. I think another way to look at it, uh, if you want another metaphor, I, I think of maybe like a professional athlete. We'll say a football player who you know is doing all the supplement uh, supplements that he needs. You know, he's got his protein and he's trying to build all this ma- you know, muscle mass, uh, but he's really neglecting calcium in his diet. So he's getting you know, he's getting bigger, he's getting stronger, he's building muscles. No calcium. He gets out on the field and breaks his bones. Does he need to work out? Yeah. Does he need to do film study? Yeah. Does he need all these other nutrients, you know, protein? Yes, he needs all those things, but he needs calcium too. Do we need worship? Of course. Do we need good teaching? Absolutely. Do we need to be in a community where we have encouragement and friendship? Yes. Do we need to have our own relationship with the Scripture? Absolutely. 
I think if we want to have a balanced, healthy life as a believer, having our own relationship with the Word of God, it's a critical nutrient in our diet. So, time, we get intimidated, we get our, our fix in other areas. Those are things that keep me out of this scripture. Another thing, the last thing uh, that keeps me out of the scripture, at least that I'm going to mention uh, tonight, is that you know, sometimes it just makes me feel guilty. <laughs> sometimes going to the Word is intimidating because you know, I'm a little concerned about what I'm going to find. <laughs> you know? I'm going to see you know, the areas of my life where I'm falling short. I'm going to encounter a bunch of rules and feel these, you know, the weight of the restrictions. Okay, at least that's where I've been at times in my life. You know, the the truth is is that yes, you know, God cares about our choices. He disciplines his kids. I don't think you have to look very hard in the scripture to find examples that you know sometimes God gets angry. He does. You know, like Adam's been teaching over and over this year, you know what the, the heart of the Lord is, though? Even, even in spite of all these things, the heart of the Lord is that He really does prefer mercy over judgment. And you don't know that unless you have a, a, a good comprehensive view of the Word of God. You can look in the Word and only see His judgment. You can look in the Word and only see His anger. But if you look at the Word... As a whole, you find that, the, that God prefers mercy over judgment. You see, one of the things He really wants to do, and wants to do through His Word, He wants to help us. There's this, uh, this phrase, and it's co- uh, coined in James, and it sounds like a paradox, but He talks about the, the law of liberty or of freedom. He mentions that twice. It sounds like a paradox, doesn't it? When you think of law, you think of, don't do this, this, this. So what does that mean? A law of freedom, a law of liberty. Again, I think Psalm 119 gives us a little insight. Listen to some of this language here. I'm going to read you a few verses, starting in 41. May your unfailing love come to me, Lord, your salvation according to your promise. Then I can answer anyone who taunts me, for I trust in your word. Never take your word of truth from my mouth, for I have put my hope in your laws. I will always obey your law forever and ever. I will walk about in freedom, for I have sought out your precepts. I will speak of your statutes before kings and will not be put to shame, for I delight in your commands because I love them. I reach out for your commands, which I love, that I may meditate on your decrees. I'm going to skip down. 165. Great peace have those who love your law. And nothing can make them stumble, for I obey your precepts. What does this language invoke? Restriction? Or freedom? And it's talking about the law. See, I don't think that in the Scripture, you know, what, what the Lord is trying to show us is all the ways that we stink all the ways that we're failing, I think what we see in the Scripture is the kind of life we could actually live. 
I see the promise of who we could be. Andrea talked about this a little bit. And Cliff talked about this also, talking about the truth of our identities. The point of Scripture isn't to beat us up. It's to put us on a path of freedom, to, to walk into the kinds of lives that we can have. The Word reveals the promises of the Lord. Promises like you know, our eternal destinations being secure. Promises that we're not slaves to sin anymore. That we, when we encounter sin or temptation, that we're not bound to that. We're not compelled to make the sinful choices in life. We have freedom. And we see His promises in the Word. Glenn, you're a musician, right? The Lord showed you, hey, Glenn, here's a path that will lead you to a Grammy-winning career. You know? This is the path. You do this, that's where you're going. You could look at that and say, oh, there's a path, there's restrictions. Or you can look at that and say, oh, there's a path, there's freedom to go boldly after the thing that I want. And so what the word is, it's not nearly so much restrictions as much as it is, hey, here's the path to the life that you want. Here's a path to, you know, to walk in fellowship with the Lord. Here's a path to freedom you know, from sin. Here's a path to extending my kingdom. So it's not meant to be restricting. It's meant to be freeing, to go boldly after the life that the Lord has called us to. I think, that's, I think Raymond posted uh, this, this uh, quote from Graham Cook the other day, talking about our identity and the promises of the Lord. Uh, Graham, Graham Cook says, You don't become a new person by changing your behavior. You focus on the person you already are in Christ, and you behave accordingly. And we find out who we are in Christ, in large part, by getting in the Word. You want to know your identity? Live in the Word. That's where we discover our true identity. The Word is this treasure trove of promises from the Lord. That's how we discover them. In the Word. So if you find yourself hesitant to get into the Word because you feel guilty, just think, you know there's actually freedom in the Word. And you can go there with, uh, with boldness. All right, so over the past few weeks, we've talked about reasons we should approach the Scripture. I just gave you a few of the reasons why I don't sometimes approach the Scripture. So the next question for me is, all right, I think I can get over these obstacles. I'm going to go to the Scripture. What do I do when I get there? Right? These are just a few little practical things that, that help me anyway. Um, I'm actually going to repeat one of Ray's points because it was so good. What do we do when we get there? As Ray put it, don't go alone. Invite the Holy Spirit. Come humbly, come with, a, you know, with an open heart and invite the Holy Spirit to reveal things to you. We really need His help. You know? Again, the Lord doesn't want to keep these things from us. He's actually willing to participate you know, as we go to the Word. So we need the Holy Spirit to help us sometimes. Uh, Proverbs 26, 4 and 5. 
Do not answer a fool according to his folly, or you yourself will be just like him. Verse 5, answer a fool according to his folly, or he will be wise in his own eyes. What the heck does that mean? (laughs) Seems like a contradiction, doesn't it? I think that's just a little example of how we need help sometimes from the Holy Spirit. How we need things, you know, like context to shed light on certain things. And I know it's really bothering you, some of, some of you right now, that I'm not explaining what that means. And I'm not going to. You're going to have to take your Bibles home and open it up and ask the Holy Spirit to show you. I'm not telling you. No, I couldn't. That's the other reason I'm not telling you. We need the help of the Holy Spirit. Uh, so when you go to the Scriptures, don't go alone. Invite the Holy Spirit to reveal uh, the Lord's heart to you. When we go to the Scripture, we need to go with an open mind, certainly. Um, we need to avoid, at all cost going to the Scripture with a bias or a prejudice. We need, uh, we need to do that in order to keep from taking Scripture out of context. Taking Scripture out of context can be deadly. Think of some of the things that we could get by taking Scripture out of context. An endorsement of slavery, suppression of women, no tattoos. And let's be honest, without tattoos, there is no vineyard. In the Old Testament, uh, I'm pretty sure that if you have uh, mixed material in your clothes, you get stoned. So anybody in the house not wearing cotton and polyester blends, you're in trouble. Funeral protests, bombing clinics, in the name of Jesus. When we go to the Scripture, we can't go looking to prove a point we've already made in our mind. We have to go with an open heart. And we have to consider the Word as a whole. We have to consider context, you know? Nor can we just turn the Scripture into a buffet where we just pick and choose the things that we want. And I think this is, I, th- I think this phenomenon, this practice, is one of the main contributors to you know, the statistics of a Christian, Christian families being no different than you know, non-Christian families. You know, the divorce rate's the same. You know, th- things like that. You know, sexuality in the church. You know, if you, if you really did, saw the honest statistics, they're going to look very similar to outside the church. Whether it be, you know, orientation or, you know, sex outside of marriage or, or whatever. And, and part of that is this phenomenon of just doing Scripture a la carte. I'll have this. I'll have this. Pass on that. We have to go to the Scripture with open hearts and without bias or prejudice. We need to move away from the, from the, the practice of sculpt, sculpting the Word. Instead, we need to let the Word sculpt us. Now, of course, that doesn't mean we can't do like topical studies or look for specific things. Of course we can. It just means that when we go to the Word, we need to be open and prepared to obey. And we should always be willing to be surprised by the Word. 
always. So when we come to the, come to the Word, we need to come with an open mind. Something else about coming to, to the Word. We need to come in all seasons. We can't just wait until we're into, in a season of crisis before we come and, and look for answers. These two, that, that kind of connects with my last point a little bit because you know, you've got something else driving, driving the bus. What happens is, is when we come to the Scripture, uh, when things are going well in our lives, what we can do you know, in, in that kind of season is we can actually develop good habits. You know, the practice of coming to the Word uh, with an open mind and, a, and an open heart so that when you're experiencing a crisis of faith or a crisis of belief or something crazy happening in your life, that you'll have this you know, already established practice of how to handle the Word when you come to it instead of being driven by, you know, I'm you know, looking for something you know, really specific. Second Timothy 4 uh, you know, talks about preaching the Word and being prepared in season and out of season. And so I, I, I think this the same principle. We need to come to the Word in every possible season of our life. So come to the Word often. So come to, the, uh, come to the Word in all seasons. Last thing I want to say, really, and this is just super simple, really practical, make your own plan. If, if you're thinking right now, okay, how does this need to look for me? By all means, I encourage you to talk to other people. See how other people get into the Word. See how they you know, meditate on it. But ultimately, do something for you. Do something that works in your life. But let me add something to this. If you make some kind of a plan for your life that, you know, this is how I'm going to go after Scripture. I'm going to do this in the morning or I'm going to do this. or Whatever your plan happens to look like, don't become a slave to your plan. This is something Jack shared with us a little bit. Don't become a slave to your plan. Your plan should serve you. Because if you become a slave to whatever plan you have and Maybe you get behind or, or something happens and you start to feel a burden to satisfy the plan that you've made. And when that starts happening, what do you do? You stop. Yeah? Make a plan and make a plan that, that the point is that this plan is going to serve you. Right? But I do encourage you to make a plan. Find something to work for you. Um, ministry time is going to be just a little bit different. Um, I just kind of want to open it up a little bit. Actually, I don't think I'm just, I'll just repeat it. Um, these two things that we've been talking about a little bit. I just want to I just want to hear from you guys. What are some other things? I mentioned four things for me. What are What are some things that that keep you out of the Word? Yeah. Is anybody feeling that one? I feel that one. Uh, he said, not knowing where to start. Not knowing where to start. I have a suggestion. Start with the Gospels. Okay? Not knowing where to start. Okay. Okay. She's... She says for her, like when she doesn't know where to start, she likes to start actually at Psalm 119 because it, it, it's a, 
It's a chapter. I, I'm not 100% sure. Is that the longest chapter in the Bible? It's got to be up there. It hit this you know, whole chapter is you know, really devoted to, to the Word, and so it, it stirs up a chapter. I'm sorry? Is that the alphabet form? Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Alphabet poem. All right, other things keep you out of the Word. I'm sure there's a million different things. Anything else? All right, well, let's, let's talk then for just a minute about what are, how do you get in the Word? All right, we mentioned like when you get stumped. Start at the Gospels. Go to Psalm 119. Other ideas? How, how, are, how are, you know, just us here in this room, how are we building Scripture into our lives? I'm just curious. I think it might be good for us to hear different, different approaches to, to how people get into the Word. Okay. A proverb, that's like your starting point. A proverb of the day, and then, and then sometimes that launches you into, into other things. A proverb of the day. There's a chapter. All right. Okay. There's a there's a chapter in Proverbs for every day of the month, and for February, even a couple extra. Bonus. Uh huh. So for a time you were doing devotions. Yeah. Right. 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 And so now the struggle is finding something that, that kind of matches the hunger that you have for the Word. Well, it's good to be hungry for the Word, so I think you're in a good place. Right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Any others? Reading it out loud helps. Yeah, cool. Yeah, yes, that is, yeah, big for me. Yeah, reading out loud helps you stay awake. That's a big challenge for me. I fall asleep at the drop of a hat. (laughs) All right.
Last chance. Yeah, considering the whole story. Yeah, uh, if, if, you, if you didn't hear, she says that no matter what she's reading, she, she, keeps, she keeps the context of, of Jesus, no matter what she's reading. So she's, you know, she, uh, Jennifer keeps the, you know, the whole story in mind with no matter, no matter where she's studying Old or New Testament. She considers uh, the Lord. Yeah, so she's saying, you know, if you just look at the, like the harsh laws, uh, if you keep Jesus in mind, what that actually raises in her heart is thankfulness instead of thinking, man, God was mean back then. He thinks, wow, Lord, thank you. That's, that's good. That's a good word. All right, cool. Well, um, I'm going to just ask the Lord to, to help us out. And then if you, if you have any needs, you know, we always like to do... Uh, we love to do ministry. We love to, to pray if you have needs. So feel free to stick around for a little bit if you, if you want prayer for anything. But uh, let's just ask the Lord to, to help us to, to really ignite a hunger in our hearts for the Word. And then uh, we'll be on our, our way tonight. So Jesus, we love you. You're so kind and you're so good and so patient. And Lord, we thank you that you've given us multiple avenues to experience you. Lord, we just say we want them all. And we really need them all. And we ask specifically, Lord, that you would ignite a hunger in our hearts for your word. Lord, the, the kind of hunger that would help us to push through any obstacles... Lord, I just pray for anyone in this room, you know, this week, this very week, Lord, that we would have a really fresh encounter with your word, that it would come alive to us in new ways. Even if we land on a passage that we've read a million times, Lord, that we would experience you, that we would encounter you and the goodness of your truth. And Lord, corporately, we just say, Lord, that we want to approach your word with the, the most open of hearts. Lord, we love you and we bless your name. And it's in your name we pray. Amen.